0: Thanks for tuning in to the Life Snacks podcast, where we discuss health, wealth, relationships, careers, and how to truly create our greatest lives and navigate this wild time in life that is life after college and in our 20s. If you're new here, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Lauren Tierney, and I'm so happy to have you. Today, we have a wonderful conversation with the brilliant Whitney Eckes. Whitney is the founder of Eckes Marketing, the founder of Get Super, an instant beverage company and the host of the Under the Influence podcast. In today's conversation, we talk about her journey starting with her first company she founded just a few years out of college and how she's evolved to really become this serial entrepreneur. Whitney also shares very openly about her struggles with anxiety and depression and goes deep on some of her darkest days and most challenging days in 2020 where she didn't want to live any longer and how she made it through those times and her advice for those that may be struggling or those that may be in close proximity to someone struggling and how to support them. Wendy's most recent business venture was actually found with her mental health diagnosis in 2020 that made her have to eliminate caffeine from her diet. So she was putting like CBD oil drops and all these things in her coffee to see if she could offset some of the anxiety symptoms. And that brought her to founding Get Super, an instant coffee beverage that is actually infused with CBD. We talk a ton about CBD and why it's so powerful and how it's such an evolving industry. And I just learned so much from Whitney in this conversation. You're going to love it. We talk about all of her advice from building a fulfilling life and career to taking care of your mental health. So guys, without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Whitney Eckes. Whitney, we like to start this podcast with the most important question first. And that is, what is your favorite snack right now? And what was your favorite childhood snack? Oh
1: my gosh. Okay. My favorite childhood snack. It was... (sighs) I, does a Lunchable count? It has to be a Lunchable. Well, you was have to the, specify, yeah,
0: which, yeah. which flavor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely the cheese pizza all mm. the way. It was, I mean, that was the first thing I reached for. That was the, you know, my dad was like a single parent. So we always had them in the house that way. It was definitely the Lunchable for sure.
0: Did you microwave yours? That's a key question. Oh, I didn't. I was oh like my old God. school, never oh my gosh! <laughs> I used to wait in line in middle school, like for the one microwave to microwave <laughs> my pizza lunchable. Cause it was like usually a really special day when I had one.
1: Oh my gosh. It was always special, especially if you got the fruit punch Capri mm-hmm. Sun mm-hmm. and it just like brought it home. Yeah. Oh, so perfect. funny.
0: Okay. <laughs> and what is your favorite snack today then? Oh, my favorite snack today.
1: Um, oh my gosh, I have like a couple, I would have to say I'm like a huge fan right now. Again, it's, I make it into a snack, but it's not necessarily like a, like, Packaged like smaller snack, but I'm obsessed with Toto Cookie Dough. It's an adaptogen infused cookie dough, and I'm not kidding. I'll just like take them and like make a little like balls throughout my day, and like just like pop them in. It's absolutely amazing. It's um, started by a girlfriend of mine named Sydney, and she is just incredible. And I can't stop eating her cookie dough.
0: <laughs> I love it. No, I have heard of Totos, and I actually heard Sydney on someone's podcast recently. But mm-hmm. I have to check it out. She's amazing. All right, Whitney. So take us back to when you were in your early 20s and you had just graduated from college. Who was Whitney then? What was she feeling? What were her beliefs? And what did she think she wanted to do with her career in life? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Um, I had no idea what I
1: wanted to do with my life. I'm being completely honest. (laughs) I graduated with a double major. I studied business administration and then communications and, um, I had just basically stopped working for, I was working at Red Bull and then I went and worked at Aviator Nation for a little bit. And then I came back home to San Diego and I was like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. And I even tried to like take off and go to Thailand for like a month to try to like find, <laughs> find my inner, Yeah. And like have this inner <laughs> awakening, um, But to be completely honest, I think the one theme, and it's still a pretty big theme for me to this day, was that I really wanted to like live a life that was out of pure enjoyment. I wanted to have like a dream lifestyle. I wanted to be able to have so much freedom to do what I wanted to create as I wanted to. Um, And so that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's still that same theme from when I graduated college to where I'm at now.
0: And tell us a little bit about what you're doing today then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So all of that led me to creating Ekos Marketing. It's a creative communications agency out of San Diego. Um, We basically represent lifestyle and wellness and e-commerce based brands in the digital space, but we help them with all of their creative development. So everything from creating content to creative campaigns, to social media management, to influencers, experiential events. Um, And I've been doing that for the last four years. We're actually coming up on our fifth anniversary. And then um, I, during that time, I've just been getting so used to marketing for other brands and really getting my feet wet in the direct to consumer um, marketplace that I launched my own product at super, which is a hemp infused instant coffee. And it basically, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we do today. I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have Kind of ownership in a couple other businesses as well. And I truly found my stride when it came to, again, creating that lifestyle of my dreams, really getting to know and meet new people and also to being able to really invest my own time and skill
0: set into these businesses. So I want to get into Get Super in a little, but... I want to talk about starting Eckers Marketing at such a young age, like you were still very relatively young to start your own company. And what gave you the self-belief in those early days to start the agency? And what did the early days of business really look like?
1: Yeah. Um, so I had just come from a hospitality group and I had been working with a lot of different marketing agencies and, Back then, I feel like marketing agencies were just really hard to understand. You were spending a lot of money. You weren't really sure where it was going. It was really hard to understand what exactly they were doing. And at this point, like we were in this, you know, the up and up of social media, right? Like, I remember I was still like telling like Hilton and Marriott, they need to have like an Instagram. And they're like, (laughs) you're freaking crazy. Like, we're not putting our hotels on Instagram. Um, And so that kind of led me to... In this young age, being like, I can do this, and I bet other brands need this. And so I'm gonna go out there and like pitch myself. And so it wasn't, um, you know, I was still a little naive. I still didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I was very young and green when it came to running and operating my own business, but it also was like the jump. And I would have to say, even now, like, we're in this time, which is like so beautiful that there's so much opportunity for people to freelance or to start something or, to jump into multiple businesses. And I would say that that environment necessarily wasn't the same back then, but as of right now, it's kind of, it it gave me the motivation to go after it and do it because I had already been doing it. And I was like, I bet I could do this for myself. And again, it was kind of like that young, right out Mm -hmm. of college kind of mindset. And even if you're at a place right now where maybe you're not right out of college or you're in your career, you're, you know, whatever you're established, There is something about kind of starting your own business that has this little bit of fire and gives you a little bit of edge if you've never done it before, because you're guaranteed you're going to do things very differently.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's so interesting. I love that you said how you were so young and green, because I think sometimes that's the best time to do it because you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what to fear. Yeah. Like you're not afraid of everything yet because Good. you literally don't know what you should be afraid of, which I'm sure you had learnings in those that space, but it's the perfect time to do it when you still have that self-belief. Sure. Absolutely. So running your branding and marketing agency, I always love talking about this because especially in today's world, like especially snack brands. I love snacks. Um, there's so many cool brands emerging and like building communities through their brand, I think is something a lot more unique. Like Oreo was a household name, but like it wasn't a community. And I think brands are really becoming communities. So what do you see brands doing right and wrong in this space? Like what are the biggest mistakes or the things brands overlook when they're trying to build and really get started? Yeah, I mean, I feel
1: like we've seen such a shift with, you know, the CPG industry and a lot, honestly, within just packaged goods, right? So for right now, like what I'm seeing is if we're talking like natural products we're talking the snacks, mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, the health and wellness style based um, snack lines or packaged goods, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of, like you said, community building. But also too, like we're seeing a lot of transparency in like team members and like the company's like mission and vision in a way that we've never seen it before. Like we're seeing entrepreneurs step out in front of their brands and represent their brands as a human being and as a person. And, you know, I I feel like that is such a shift because we're so used to, like you said, Oreo. -hmm. Who the hell owns Oria? Yeah. Who's the CEO of of you know of Oreo and things like that and so you're right it doesn't necessarily have this community it's a household name it's something that we attach our loyalty to because we've grown up with it and it's always been there um, and we familiarize with it but now you're seeing this new trend where you're seeing you know women and men step out in front of their businesses and talk about them in a really candid transparent way and that is building a whole new level of consumer connection community loyalty um trust validity and i I honestly love it because I feel like it's also giving a third dimension to these brands and that how they're created, you know, who is being intentional when they're creating them and why, right? Like we just talked about Toto and Sydney, Sydney's whole health and wellness story literally led her to creating the cookie dough because that was the only thing that sounded good when she didn't feel great. And when she was dealing with her sickness. And so that story keeps you coming back and purchasing Toto, right? Keeps you coming back and wanting to really, you know, support these entrepreneurs. And I think also too, like we've even seen that a little bit on the celebrity side, right? Like look at Good American, look at, um, you know, Skinny Confidential, all of her product lines, things like that. It's it's kind of this it's this new trend where we're stepping out. And now not only do you have a product-based business, you also have a personal brand that you're maintaining
0: too totally it's like this idea jessica Zweig, who's big in the branding space says it a lot but like people oh, buy from jessica. she she's incredible <laughs> it's like the people buy from people right they don't buy from sure. brands sure. and like i look at all the snacks in my pantry now and i'm like oh i love like the lobby girls or i love ashley and her btr bars like you also want to support people's missions and i think that's that's so interesting that you're calling it like a third dimension because it really is like a whole new type of branding. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why Jessica's so successful because like, she's all about building the, building the personal brand behind the big brands. And I think people often don't think about that as much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I love that you're saying that too, because again, that's that connection, right? Like we're also seeing now an even deeper emotional connection to brands, which again, did we ever really have that in the past? Maybe, I mean, maybe like I always use like Tide, like the laundry detergent as like a really, as like a good example, like why did my family and why does my family continue to buy Tide for the last, I don't know, three decades? It's because there's some sort of not only emotional, but trusted connection with that brand where they trust that to wash their family's clothes. And it is... It's something where it's like, yeah, there are emotional connections there just because mom and dad used it and grandpa and grandpa used it. But now we're going to even start and maybe even with our own children. Right. Mm -hmm. We're going to start talking about these brands in a whole new light. And also like you just like you're referring to the people, a part of the teams or the people behind the brands on a first name basis, which shows your consumer behavior is literally you're buying from who they are as a person, because that's who you're admiring.
0: Absolutely. It's, I was listening to a podcast um, the other day and it was the founder of house of wise who's it's a CBD gummy brand, but essentially she was talking about how women especially are more likely to buy like the tide cause their mom bought it or the thing that their friend suggested. Like we really tie personal things to brands. And I found that so fascinating because I was like, yeah, that's weird. Like why do I buy the toothpaste I buy or whatever? And like the fake tan I buy all because either it was passed down or someone like my girlfriend was like oh I started using this I didn't even look it up I just bought it because we we have these like emotional ties to like the brands around us and other like the people around us use absolutely
1: yeah totally I it's so funny about the friend thing right mm-hmm. it's just like the um Oh my gosh. It's just like the Amazon purchases too, right? Like if, if they're, if your favorite comfort influencer is like, here's my Amazon list and you go peruse it, you'll probably pick up one or two things because you're like, I need it. And I trust her and I want to try it. Like there's this level of trust just from endorsement from
0: your friends, your influencers who you trust, whatnot. Totally. And I think that's why like so many brands are building these influencer communities, or I know House of Wise has a community for women where they get a percentage of the sale and they all like have this Slack channel and talk about it because we buy from each other. Like it's the idea of, um, I was talking about this on podcast, like Brownie Wise. She's the inventor of the Tupperware. And she actually like <laughs> was fired from the company before they sold. So she didn't get any money. But she started Tupperware parties because women would like host just like jewelry wow. parties. Because yeah. they all bought from each other. And it's been going on forever. Sure. I mean, did you I another great example,
1: right? Have you watched the um lula rich
0: yet Mm-mm. documentary yeah. about lula roe no i haven't
1: it it's like the same exact thing i mean these like this you know company basically built up all this success and wealth from like kind of an mlm standpoint because these women were yes. hosting these parties but then they were getting all their friends involved mm-hmm. and same thing with kind of i don't want to call them a pyramid scheme but any of these kind of um Network marketing businesses, like airborne (laughs) airborne. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them. I'm like blanking on the names right now, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see how as our human behavior and how Mm -hmm. that comes out through what we purchase and our material items and the way that we go about purchasing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like you could do a whole episode
0: on that because like <laughs> our consumer behavior as it's just like women, especially I saw this quote and it was like, I'll tell you like who you are, your priorities based on, if you show me like where you spend your money. Sure. And it's like, everything I buy these days is like woman owned or yeah. like a referral from a friend, like almost everything. And that's changed so much, especially in the last few years, I think. Yeah, Definitely. So diving into your brand, because it has a serious brand story with Get Super. tell wow. us about how you came across this product, how you wanted to bring it to market and really your story behind it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in 2020, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder and depression. Um, this was like the first diagnosis, mental health um, illness runs in my family or mental illness runs in my family. And a lot of it had not been. I I would have to say a lot of our family members didn't receive like treatment or didn't even have like a great source of education on what was going on. So a lot of that led to, you know, things like suicide or addiction or just manic behaviors. And, um, with that, you know, my diagnosis like really shook me because it was something that I was, you know, kind of felt like my hands were tied like it felt like it was such a genetic disposition versus like something i really had any control of and being an entrepreneur driving my own success you know there was an element of control there right there was an element of trying to control and establish this life for myself that i wanted to be happy with and so having that really kind of shook me right it kind of took away all my control and everything you know i had was forced to slow down i was forced to reevaluate my lifestyle um And during that time, I mean, the kind of story goes, we, we were bugging this guy about basically his product. And I had tried this product at an event and I really liked it. And he had a very similar story to me. He struggled with severe anxiety. And, um, I was like, you know, like, Hey, let's market this thing and I'm going to buy some. And like, I love this product. And at the time I was, um, experimenting with cannabis and CBD to help my diagnosis. I chose to, not do any um, medication at the time, only because there was a history of addiction in my family, and so I really wanted to walk through this as holistically as possible. I had a coach, I had a therapist, and I was essentially really evaluating my body and my habits to see what I can do to help, kind of adjust myself into what I what I'm now living with and now I'm conscious of. And so I was dropping CBD oil into my coffee every day, <laughs> and um, Not a great way to do it. (laughs) The oil actually breaks down the CBDs. You're losing your potency of it. Um, But there was this product and it was called get super. And this guy had created it and he was doing nothing with it. And I was like, you know, let me market this thing. This thing's amazing. It's incredible. This is in 2020. And he's like, honestly, he's like, I really want nothing to do with it. I'm looking to get rid of it. And I was like. Okay. So we ended up acquiring the company in 2020. Um, We completely revamped it, rebranded and reformulated the product itself. Um, And we also launched our instant coffee alongside of it so that people could also try the coffee if they didn't want to have the hemp infusion. And basically our mission for gets Super is to be an instant wellness beverage company. So yes, we're starting out with hemp-infused instant coffee. But as of right now, we're also working to do hemp-infused energy beverages, hemp-infused sleep beverages, um, a recovery with electrolytes and vitamins. And each product that we launch with, we are launching with both the hemp infusion and basically mm-hmm. the standalone product without hemp. And the reason for that is, you know, like we... I, I found so much joy in being able to not only like help myself through this. I mean, I drink it every day. It helps my anxiety. It, you know, I, I was having to give up caffeine at one point because it was just triggering these panic attacks. And, um, I started realizing like, you know, there were, it was such a give up. It was such a sacrifice for giving up this, like I mean, this morning ritual that I loved, of like making my coffee and like sitting and doing my morning practice. And I was like, you know, like I, I'm, I don't want to give this up. And so with get super, that was one of the things that is also our core mission is like, we want to show up for our consumers when they need us most. And we don't want them to have to sacrifice anything. Also with that, like, we know, we know the benefits that come with hemp and CBD, but also too, what about adaptogens? What about vitamins? What about electrolytes? What about all these different things that we can start incorporating into our products to really give people that feeling of being super and feeling good. And so so that's really what we're, our mission is today and what we're looking to do in the future and continue to evolve and just really create something special for people to enjoy and feel better well, i have so many questions um the <laughs> first
0: is cbd and hemp are they mm-hmm. the same thing <laughs> yes and no ours okay. is a
1: hemp infusion but basically it's a broad spectrum cbd um so basically what that means is that we selected a cbd that had enough power and benefit behind it to really give you all of these feelings. And I won't go too deep into the science behind all of it, but basically it's going to show up in with the most benefit. So it's basically a broad spectrum. It's non-psychoactive, which means that the percentage of THC is so low that it's basically minute um, or negligible, but it's still going to give you that. That sense of you know overall well being and kind of the entourage effect, um, without really kind of you know making you feel drowsy, sleepy, you know, mm-hmm. munchy,
0: any of the kind of side effects that we get when we normally ingest uh, THC. So it has the effect of like you still have energy from coffee, but you might not get like the anxiety you get from drinking a big cup in the morning anymore.
1: Correct. Or if you're drinking too much, or if you're just one of those people that caffeine just rubs you the wrong way. And I don't want to like promise that obviously we can't promise any claims, but what we've seen in our consumer testimonials from get super is that they our consumers and myself feel like get super kind of takes this caffeine rush. Right. So we have, when you look at caffeine, the way it spikes, it's kind of like a direct upward peak mm-hmm. and then it crashes right And your crashes that caffeine crash it's that afternoon like laziness and not feeling good and you either kind of debate on having a second cup or you know taking a nap and yeah. so what we've seen with our hemp infusion is essentially we're kind of seeing it more bell curve we're help, you know it seems like the cbd is actually helping your caffeine rush not to be too high but the caffeine crash to not be too low either and it's also helping from again what we've seen in consumer or testimonial helping with those onset bodily reactions, whether it's anxiety, jitters, um, you know, even some people headaches or yeah. anything
0: along those lines. I need to try it. I <laughs> <my> boyfriend <laughs> and I have this joke that if I have more than two cups of coffee like before I have lunch, yeah. then like I'm like super, super grumpy. He'll be like, did you have two cups of coffee this morning? Because it gives me like it, I can like mm-hmm. feel it in my chest. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it.
1: I I get it. I mean, there were meetings where I was like showing up and I'm like, my hands were just going and it, um, it it affects everyone in different ways. I mean, I also have friends that can drink five cups of coffee and still go to sleep at night. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it is to each their own, but from what we've felt with get super, that is, that's what I say was, is the biggest benefit. And also too, like, I I know this is going to sound so cliche, but like hangovers PMS. Like, um, my grandpa suffers from chronic digestive issues. He had colon cancer and he has God love him, but he has like this huge belly and it's uh, always kind of inflamed and he's always dealing with digestive problems. And he loves good super because it actually soothes his inflammation. And wow. so that's something too, where it's like, and again, caffeine, I mean, your coffee is soda acidic. It probably wasn't great for him anyway, but if there's something that again, he's not having to give it up and he's already on all these pain meds. And it's like something that's actually just going to soothe what's already going on in his body. We've seen a huge, huge, you know, help from that.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so impactful. I feel like I've heard so much about CBD recently as people are learning more about it because in the beginning I was seeing it like Walgreens infused in your cookies and like just like <laughs> random shit. And you're like, yeah. I can buy CBD here. Just like, am I going to get high from this cookie? And like
1: so, you did not know about it. And it, it's so weird too, because it's like, it's like right now, the cannabis industry is just like the wild, wild West. Like you can sell, you can't sell, you can do direct to consumer. You can't do direct to consumer. You can ship, you can like, it's like all these different things. And then like you walk in and it's like, yeah, there's like cannabis and a cookie at freaking CVS because yeah. you're on like an Indian reservation or something. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too, is like, you know, we're, one of the things that I, we pride ourselves on get super is, you know, our testing, our, our ingredients, um, even right now, like we're looking hopefully as we continue to scale, because we just launched in October, like sustainability, like how can we, you know, make our packaging better? How can we certify ourselves with, you know, every certification, whether it's organic or farm raised or, um, ethically sourced, excuse me, ethically sourced. Um, So there's all these things that we're trying to work on because also too, there is this other side of the CBD and hemp industry where it's like, you know, people are cutting cannabis and CBD and using things that aren't beneficial in their blends or in their oils. And people are buying it because they think it's CBD and they maybe don't understand the ingredients or what's inside of it. And they're not feeling anything. Like, I'm sure you've heard the thing where it's like, people are like, yeah, I tried CBD, but I didn't really feel anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. My brother brought home like last Christmas, a bunch of like CBD oils. He's like, dad, this is great for your shoulder. And Mm -hmm. I saw my dad like a month ago and I was like, he was like, can you rub some of this in my back? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, I, I don't know. Ryan gives me. I've been putting it on for a year, but I don't think it, I don't know if it works. I was like, well, at least you're consistent. Oh my gosh,
1: definitely check their testing and all those yeah. fun things. But yeah, I mean, I, you're always going to have people that you know cut the corners and do the things like that or whatever, just looking for the profit. But I mean, as we continue to scale up, my my hope is that with CBD and with the cannabis industry, you know, we're going to see some reform. We're going to be able to have you know really these products treated as not a certified, you know, drug it's, it is, I feel like in the most best way possible, something that's actually closer to a supplement or an herb or really something that's helping you out. And I, it's just, you know, and I had never been super into the cannabis industry. I mean, I'm still learning as I go. And there's so many things that I'm still learning about it, but as I've really, you know, kind of dove into it, it's, it's such like a, it breaks my heart, how many people are receiving help from it and how (laughs) it's still such a kind of kerfuffle of what's actually happening in the industry and with the FDA
0: and all the regulations around it. It's really, it's just really kind of mind blowing. I love that point too, because it's like it can be so impactful and help so many people, but there's still such a stigma around yeah, it sure. that it might not be utilized to the best of your ability. And I feel I see it like a supplement, right? Like the collagen sure. you put your in coffee or anything else. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, the hope is that the
1: education and, you know, again, regulations and actually having people step up in power to talk about it, I think is going to help the most because Mm -hmm. there are so many, so many great brands and so many great people out there that, um, are just doing the work. In fact, there's a company that just launched called citizen bloom and the owner's name is Nicolette. And she actually created, started creating all the CBD and all these different products for her mom that was sick. And if there's anyone that like knows their shit about cannabis, it's Nicolette. And Mm -hmm. she has been Such an inspiration to me, not only with her story, but just the fact that she's constantly, constantly educating herself on the plant and what it's doing and different benefits it's offering and how to activate it in different ways. And it's people like that where it's like they're genuinely helping the world feel better. And there shouldn't be so many restrictions and regulations, and/or I don't know what, you know, I I there's a story I'll tell you in a second, but there shouldn't be so many like we don't know what to do from like a government or yeah. regulation standpoint.
0: And it's kind of bullshit that like, we haven't figured it out yet. Totally. I mean, it's bullshit that when you go to buy edibles at the dispensary, you need to pay in cash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Cause all the payment cash. processing. <laughs> I'm like to my boyfriend, I'm like, do you have any cash? <laughs> It's it's insane. Uh Like, it's being treated like it's crazy that I can walk into a dispensary down the street, but like, there's still something disjointed about it, right? Because Mm -hmm. of all the payments and just like the way it's treated. I didn't know that like we weren't
1: allowed to like use PayPal, I think the first time we did it. And I think I like set us up on PayPal and PayPal like blocked us for like ever. (laughs) Yeah, I just heard that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, same thing with like Facebook. I mean, even the advertising rights, like, right? Like, you know, you have all these incredible cannabis companies and God love them because they're getting out there and they're marketing themselves in, you know, such alternative ways. But like, we can't run Facebook ads. Yeah. We can't run Instagram ads. We can't tell you, we can't like literally say like, this is going to make you feel better because that's a quote unquote claim. And it is some, it is just something where it's like, if there are people in the CBD or cannabis world, like they go up against such a hard fight, just to, again, help people and to bring someone, bring people a little bit of benefit through their products. And it's, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be like, Oh, it's so unfair. Like woe was them and woe is the cannabis industry? But it's also like, it's, it, needs to be reformed. And there needs to be some work put into this industry because it is here. It is mainstream at this point. And it's time, it's time to start evaluating, you know, this product and the regulations and get some clarity in on how we are able to not only market ourselves, but sell our product in a way that is meaningful and intentional.
0: Absolutely. It's so wild. I just heard this when talking to another uh, CBD founder and she was saying the same thing with Facebook and Instagram ads. And it's like, you can sell Viagra on Facebook, like you can run ads, <laughs> like, or like your co- like, I don't know if this, you mean, you tell me, but like your collagen tells you it increases like your hair, skin and nails. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I put it in my coffee for three years and one day it stopped <laughs> and I'm the exact same. So I don't really know if I'm buying it, but like, yeah, it, it's pretty wild when you think yeah. about it that way. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, look at
1: the processing ingredients on, you know, a bag of potato chips. Look at, you know, these age old brands, right? Like we were talking about that are literally putting poison into their ingredients and selling it and they're allowed to. Um, Might cause cancer, but maybe it sure tastes good. Like these are those things where it's like, You know, and it is what it is. I'm, you know, we're doing, we're fighting the good fight. I would have to say, and there's people out there that are still finding ways to do it, and we gotta applaud them. We gotta buy from them. We gotta support the small businesses and the farms, you know, all the cannabis farms out there that are really trying hard and doing it the right way. Um, There's a really cool family out of San Diego, or excuse me, she's out of San San Diego, I believe her family's out of Colorado, and her whole family is in the weed business and grows and it is something that has supported their family. And they did it before it was like popular and like it, you know, I mean, they have a full family business just based off making people feel better. And I, I I think that there's, there's such a, there's so many layers we can go in here within this industry, but I, from my perspective, it's like, I feel like I am so new into it. I'm so fresh but I've seen so many incredible people wanting to do good. And it is frustrating when it's like, we already have our, we, it's like we're trying to sell a product with our hands tied
0: behind our back and our mouths taped shut. How are we supposed to do this? Absolutely. Can you market the instant coffee on Facebook? That's not hemp infused. I just had to ask because so, I'm thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> I
1: mean, whatever. Facebook probably knows who I am at this point because I've been banned so many times, but um, so yes and no. We have been really working. There's some agencies that I think that have figured it out or some owners that have figured out how to market their CBD on Facebook and Instagram ads. You definitely have to jump through a couple hoops in terms of like if we're setting up like landing pages or if we're, you know, trying to get someone to jump through a couple again, different hoops to get to the point of purchasing the, the hemp product or the cannabis product. Um, But for us, yes, we can market our instant coffee does great on Facebook. Um, The only problem is, is that we right now are really trying to find a way where we're increasing our brand awareness so that if people do see that instant coffee, they're also knowing that we're this instant wellness beverage company. And also too, like this is also something that we were kind of discussing when we created to get super is like, do we want to be a CBD company? Um, no, I don't. Do I want to be a wellness company that is instant beverages on the go that are showing up and supporting your needs in more than one way? Yes. Do I love cannabis and CBD? Do I think that I want to play with CBG and CBN one day? Absolutely. But I, and I think there's a huge benefit there, but this was also something too, where it's like, I don't think that we have to be separated. I don't think that I, I don't think I like, I don't think it's fair to say that I'm a wellness company and, or I'm a CBD company. Why can't we, why can't we have both? And that also too, I mean, that just goes right back into our mission of, you know, get super is like, we want you to have both, but it, um, it's a little interesting. I mean, long story short, yes, we can run ads for the instant coffee. We get shut down because they see our second product has hemp infusion in it. And they're like, you guys are a cannabis company and it's like, well, technically we're not. And we'll kill, Yeah, we'll, we'll still fight it until we're blue in the face, but we'll, we'll try again next time. Absolutely. Whatever. Facebook it. sucks. Yeah.
0: As a sidebar, I feel like Phil's coffee really needs get super because drinking a Phil's coffee is like crack. Um, but they're so good. Why are, so are they so good? good? Like I actually yeah. like, there's probably like crack in here because I am on another level when I yeah. drink a Phil's coffee. I know that's that's
1: like one of my goals. I would love one day to have our own coffee field or farm and we could roast our ourselves because I do I freaking like especially like like a good roast single batch, like something that came from like a, a farm out in like you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. it's just like family owned. Um, I love it. But yeah, no, I don't know. There's a there's quite a few coffee, even sometimes like the Nespresso blends. I'm like, holy hell. oh yeah. Yeah, Like it will like ruin my
0: stomach almost because mm-hmm. they're so bold and like acidic. Yeah. No, you have one sip and you like, oh no, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but usually you like finish it because you're that far in. Sure. Anyways, I want to talk a little bit more about your mental health diagnosis and just kind of your advice for moving through that process. I feel like when someone is diagnosed as someone that's been diagnosed with their own mental health issues, like it feels kind of like someone is telling you your future at first. And I feel like that's kind of what you said um when you had mentioned the diagnosis. So how would you advise someone to start moving through that? And like what really helped you in some of the toughest moments to keep going? Mm, um yeah, I mean that's a
1: great question. And it absolutely it does totally feel like someone's telling you <laughs> the
0: Yeah, rest they're your life. like telling you like, oh, this is you versus like separating yourself from that. Sure. Um For me, you know, I,
1: I really needed a lot of support from my family and from kind of like my tribe of people that I called in. Um, one of my best friends is, um, bipolar and it was really special for me to be able to open up to her because if anyone knows what, you know, like that's going, what that's what it feels like. It's her. And, um, she's also an entrepreneur too, and she's absolutely incredible. But I, I would have to say that what kept me going honestly was, was not only the support, but it was also this idea that you can come out on the other side. And again, it, this is maybe this is so different from my perspective, but, <clears throat> you know, I wanted this life. I wanted this happy, full life. And, you know, this is just a theme within myself and my own journey. But I, I remember thinking like I remember thinking I wanted to give up. I remember thinking very dark thoughts and I was at my end. And what am I living for? What is it all worth? Um and I remember telling my therapist and my coach that, and, and them kind of going into, you know, oh shit yeah. mode. And I, I, I also remember telling my boyfriend and my best friend that, that same thing. And when you're in this stage, you know, it's in such a dark place that you really almost, you really almost just want relief. Like you really almost just want to let go. And with them there was something about catching me and holding space for me that wasn't a shameful factor. And it gave me a lot of light and it gave me a lot of courage because they were able to not only hold space, but just to kind of show up and just by showing up for your friend in that way, or just by not trying to say, don't cry or I'm sorry, or I, I can't imagine, but just like holding space and being accepting of what that person's going through, I think can give someone so much more hope to push through. And of course I'm like bawling my eyes. No. Out. So um, beautiful. And I, I think for me, it was them a thousand percent. And it was them, you know, me wanting to not necessarily do it for them, but know that I have these people that are just going to hold me and mm-hmm. they want me around and they're going to support me through whatever I do.
0: Yeah. And I think allowing holding space for something, for someone is something that's kind of challenging for some people, like not because they don't want to hold space for you, but because they might not know what that means. Like you said, not saying I can't imagine or don't cry. Yeah. How, How could someone listening, maybe that has someone around them that's struggling hold space for them? Yeah. Um, I mean, me and
1: my boyfriend did a lot of this work together because it was, you know, we're not married. We're part life partners, but like we, you know, we were both like walking through this and like, oh shit, like, how do we like tackle this? And, um, one of the things that we talked about is really having an open conversation with your partner, with your friends about what you're going through and really communicating to them, like what you need in a very clear way. Like, for example, like I had to have a, you know, conversations with my family, because when this came out, like they wanted to be around me 24 seven, and they wanted to be in my space 24 seven and like checking on me and like, it was almost so powerful that it almost felt like too much. Right. Like I'm still walking through this. I'm still like a, I'm like an extra, what do they call it? An extra overt, introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having to tell them like, Hey, like you are being such an amazing support right now. And I love you so much. and like, I'm so grateful for these words and this attention this time, but like, I also need you to know, like, there's going to be days for like, I need like silence and I need to like sit with myself and like s- establish these boundaries. Like I don't need to be creating more lunch dates and dinner dates and like time spent with you. I need to really be focusing on what I need from a mental health perspective. And sometimes that's sitting alone in a warm bath. Like sometimes that's not talking to anyone all day. And Um, this was, I mean, this is still something that me and my boyfriend talk through. Like he knows, even if there's times where like, he can't understand, he'll allow me to talk to him and open up about what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and how he can like comfort me or, you know, show up for me is honestly the best because, you know, it wasn't easy at first. And obviously like we had to learn how to communicate about this stuff because I don't want to tell him my I feel in a dark place. I don't want to tell him I have anxiety, Mm -hmm. but if I also don't tell him, how can I expect him to hold the space or act in a certain way or, you know, be able to be his his best self for me or be a support for me if I don't communicate that. And so it's really hard, but have those conversations and be super clear, be super clear about your schedule about your time. You know, if you need time alone or if you need to be doing a certain thing, like tell them because if they, they're, they're going to try to do their best for you. I mean, people, we love each other and we want to hold each other. And if you don't communicate that to them, you're, you're kind of setting you
0: both up for failure. And the fact that they're going to keep trying until they get it right. Yeah. I think it's so, so powerful what you said of like, when they say like, I don't understand, but I want to listen Mm -hmm. because a lot of times the other person cannot understand, but like understanding it's a listening conversation is so powerful. So thank you for sharing that because (laughs) that, that all of you shared is so special and so important. I think we talk a lot about mental health in this podcast. And I think in 2022, I was just talking to a coworker about this, but it really created, or 2022, God, that's where we are today. (laughs) In 2020, it really created a time where people like had to pause. And I think that's why it brought out so many mental health things and people finally seeking help or other mental health things. That's like, I'm leaving my fucking job and I'm starting this company. Like (laughs) people had this space to think with themselves, which for good or bad initially, like in your case, this space, brought up some really challenging things, but it allowed you to then seek the help to move through it. And I think sometimes that's the positive of 2020, even though it's not necessarily something we ever, a year we ever want to call positive. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was the year of, yeah. I mean, it was reflection, right? Like you're being asked to stay at home and you can't go anywhere. And you, I mean, people are losing their businesses. People are starting new jobs. People are, in a whole new world, how could you not, I mean, go through a year of reflection like that. And for sure. I mean, like, like we talked about, you know, my diagnosis, like there's times where I look back at like times in college or even like, um, even like down to high school. And I'm like, wait, this has always been happening. Yes. This has always been here. I'm just now aware of it. And I'm not either a sweeping it under the rug or like, just not acknowledging it or giving it air. And of course I had a mental breakdown in 2020. Like, of course, all this came rising to the top and, you know, rocked me. So it it, it makes total sense. And I'm grateful as wild as this sounds for 2020, I would never want to live through it again, but, (laughs) but I'm grateful for the purpose it served because it served a purpose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And talking about like the right time to like take the pause and figure out what's next. A lot of what we talk about on this podcast has to do with like figuring out what you do with your life after you go to school, get the job, do all the things. And you're like, holy shit, what now? Yeah. What advice would you give to someone struggling to figure out what she wants to do with her life or career and just Mm -hmm. kind of living in fear in those first or second jobs and unable to try to leave because it feels too scary to take a risk.
1: Yeah. Um, first off, like we can have a whole conversation around college because quite honestly, I'm a firm believer that college doesn't necessarily teach you anything. Doesn't necessarily, <laughs> yeah. But except for <laughs> learning who you are and yeah. becoming an adult and learning what you do and don't want. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that's the best thing for, for anyone is to go to college more specifically. So You can be on your own. You can be away from mom and dad, from friends, from you're out of your comfort zone. And you truly learn who you are because you have this clear plate to start building yourself on or to rediscovering yourself. So yes, to college. I absolutely love it. I'm again, I, if whatever I, my education was also, I'm Whitney and a spaz and that's a whole different story. Um, But if you're coming out of college, just know this. Number one, you don't have to do what your degree says if you're like, you got this bitch in degree, absolutely amazing. You did it. You made it. You also don't have to listen to it. If you are supposed to specifically go into one specific career, number two, lean into what excites you and lights you up, lean into it. Do not as much as you can. And I, I, maybe the world's just changing right now, but like, I feel like I see more success from people that do what they actually really want to do than people that go after becoming a lawyer or a dentist, because they know it's going to make them a ton of money, like lean into what lights you up because ultimately it's going to lead you to success. If you're happy, if you're joyful, you're probably creating or doing your job in the best possible way versus doing something half-assed or half-hazard because you're not really into it. And that is something that I feel like is the biggest learning lesson coming out of college is because we're, we're groomed to go after these big, bad careers. As soon as we get our degree, we're told, you know, we have to go do this so that we can pay off all the student debt that we have. And yes, those things are absolutely important, but you can also launch an Etsy account and go viral on TikTok, And all of a sudden now have a great, Amazing product based business. You can become a coach. You can be, you know, do whatever, honestly. If you want to become a lawyer, also that too, great. But like, there's so much opportunity right now, and especially in this world as it's changing, to really lean into what you want to do. So, yes, is it scary? Yes. Is it, is there a risk? Yeah. I mean, make a calculated financial decision. Don't just go balls to the wall and screw yourself, but like, also figure out what you like. And quite honestly, like if you told me I was gonna be a, an owner of a creative marketing agency that specializes in social media influencers, I would have been like, no, like I I still want, like I still want, you know, to be a marine biologist or yeah. I still want to be, you know, a singer on American Idol. Like those are I would have never believed you. But honestly, those are the things that have lit me up and that have led to my businesses and to get super. And had I not followed them. Um, Right. Like, had I not been naive enough to just jump in and start, I wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so crazy because school teaches us what to follow, maybe what we're good at or like what our tests tell us are good at. But we're never, ever told to be like, what what do you like? Like, what do you enjoy? And I think that's why I have a lot of friends that feel this way or, and I've just heard this so much. Like a lot of people are like, I don't actually know what I like <laughs> and like, I don't have yeah. a passion. And uh-huh. I think that is the hardest part in this time when you're like, oh shit, what do I like want to do if I could do anything? So how did you like know what you liked or what you were passionate about? And how did that play into your business?
1: I mean, <clears throat> it's not, I feel like it's never like, if you talked to Whitney at 22, she would have probably said she liked going out, you know, and taking tequila shots yeah. on a Tuesday night. Like, a lot of those things changed. But I think, I think if anything, you know, again, I came back to this vision of like this life. And so what I wanted, what my passion was, was to create a life for myself that felt free and that made me happy. And so if you're discovering that, you know, envision it, do a workshop, write a letter to yourself, you know, five, as if you were talking to yourself five years ago and, or five years from now and really cultivate what you want, because the more, you know, I get it. It's like, we can all go and create Pinterest boards and create our little vision board of like, you know, the G wagon and the big white house and the boat or whatever. But it's like, until you get clear on like, you know, five years from now, this is where I want to be sitting, or this is who I want to be, or this is what, how I want to feel. And maybe even start with that feeling that's going to lead you to where you want to go or what you like, or what you're truly passionate about. And it's kind of going back in inwardly to yourself and just rediscovering all these things, you know, that you actually have inside you and that you
0: actually feel. Yeah. It's almost like, what did you like to do when you were like, seven years old. Like I'm obsessed with snacks, but like, as a kid, I was like always in the kitchen, like creating concoctions. (laughs) Right. Like I think almost embracing like your inner child in a way. Sure. um, Absolutely. Can be so powerful. And I love that you shared that. Is there one area of life when you were younger, you wish you put more effort into or paid more attention to? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I, I grew up singing
1: and, um, I did like the whole singing classes, like everything music. Well, that American
0: Idol career was right there for you. Oh girl, <laughs> it was right there. It was
1: in my, it was in my clutches. Um, no, I, I, and I look back now and like, I still want to learn how to play the piano. Like I know how to play a little guitar. I know how to do a little of this, like I dabble. Um, but that was one thing like looking back and maybe that's still in my future that I want to dive back into.
0: Uh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Whitney, what is one piece of advice you would give to the Whitney who just graduated from college? Mm.
1: Enjoy your life, sister. Like just (laughs) enjoy. There's no time for worrying. And of course, like sitting here, like that's such an easy thing to say. And I still worry about stupid things every single day. But in, in the big scheme of things, like when you zoom out on your life, it is better to be happy and to do something that makes you happy and to let that light you up than to, than to spend your time being fearful and worrisome and afraid of what's going to happen. Um, and that's a huge learning of surrendering, right? I mean, that's something that I'm even working on still to this year is learning how to surrender that so that I can truly just live in my feels and in my moments and be happy and choose what I want to do. But if I could look back at that specific Winnie who was, yeah, I mean, try, going to Thailand to try to see if she can have some internal enlightenment to figure out what she wants to do with the rest of her life, I would say, what are you doing? Go to Thailand and enjoy yourself. Go travel and do what you want. All this stuff is going to come to you eventually at some point. And I feel like that's really true. Like the moment we let go and the moment we surrender into like our feels and what feels right for us. It's like the world opens and that might be a little woo woo to say, but that's how I truly, I feel, I feel like I've seen evidence of that in my own life. And that's truly how, what I believe and how I feel.
0: That's literally my word of the year is detach because yeah. I think like, <laughs> uh, it's so, so good. We are so attached to outcomes and I think it like blocks this flow of energy that could really create what we're wanting in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Winnie, it was wonderful talking to you. I will link your Instagram get super and everything in the show notes. Is there anywhere else we can find you and how can we purchase? your
1: products
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, you guys can purchase get
1: super we actually have sample packs on our website if you guys don't feel committed to buying a whole box of 10 stick packs try the sample packs they're amazing you get one of each you get an instant coffee and our hemp infused instant coffee you can purchase those at get and super is spelled s-u-p-r there's no e um you can follow along my personal journey just at whitney eckes you can listen to the podcast at under the influence podcast with whitney eckes you can follow the agency at eckes marketing they're they're all under the same name. You maybe. just do a few
0: things, <laughs> just a few,
1: just a couple things. Just a couple. You, guys, you guys, I'm sure you guys can find me somewhere. But thank you so much for having me on. What a what an incredible conversation. Thank you.
0: thanks for listening to my conversation with Whitney. I hope you enjoyed everything you heard here today. And don't forget to check out Get Super. I linked everything in the show notes so you know where to buy the product and how to connect with Whitney. As always, if you haven't left a review, please take a moment to do so. It truly means the world to me. And that's all for me. I'll be back next week with another episode.